0: British Strongman Podcast, welcome. Yeah, I've got that right, Tupac didn't come on then. Shane, can you hear me? Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Yeah, we're on. Your face is frozen. Yeah, I'm
1: just, um, just in the camera.
0: So, today we're going to talk about Britain's Strongest Man Under 90. To start off with, the events have been announced. So, um, we've got Max Squat, the No Suit, um, overhead medley one t- 110 olibar bar into 115 axle, 125 log into 135 yoke press. We've got a deadlift ladder 240, 260, 280, 300, 320. We have a frame carry with straps 320 for eight meters. We have, we have a yoke. 350 for eight meter drop and turn. And eight? Eight meters drop and turn. It must be the length of the Astro or at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and tacular Stones, I think 120, 130. I think uh, the top eight go through to the Stone Battle, same, similar to England. Okay. Uh, I was going to
1: say, Flash is going to get an erection at those events. As soon as you said, straps on frame, <laughs> it's going to be like... Oh my god. <laughs> then you <he> said Taculous, <laughs> Taculous stone kinda like brings it evens it out a bit. I thought is that a Comp zero grip? <clears throat>
0: yeah, so uh, how, what's your what's your response to that, Shane? How do you do you think does it, is that what's your initial reaction? Do you think it's heavy Like, What about I compared
1: think to personally that I think the yoke press sounds kinda heavy, to be honest. But um, the rest seem, I mean, for the distance and whatnot, seem fine. My only, I mean, the thing is, though, I always think this about the under 90s and 105s comps anyway, is that I just always think there seems to be like a massive jump from England's to Brits, or even sometimes the qualifier to England's. So I, I personally think that the results of this comp Might be a little different to England's. Uh, You know, guys that were less fit, a bit slower, but statically stronger are going to be looking at this comp thinking, oh, this is something I'm going to enjoy. Whereas before, I think they would have been looking at it like, like, oh, shit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to graft here and get out of breath and whatnot. So I think it's a completely different comp to England. It's a completely different test of an athlete. So, yeah, I think it's good. I think, uh, I think it kind of should be like that, I guess. Because if someone wins England's and Brits, that's what, to me, proves that you're a good all around strongman because you've done well in the lighter, repier one and the you know, heavy, static death comp.
0: Brilliant. And do you think like <clears throat> how does the, How do those weights compare to like internationals that you didn't like? You yeah, seen? I think it's
1: getting it's getting closer now, isn't it? I mean, uh, I think one of the issues with guys going to official strongman games and stuff before was kind of like it's just it was it was a big it was a big jump, you know what I mean? Whereas I think these kind of like a three twenty deadlift at the end of uh, a medley at under 90 that's uh i remember breaking the british record with 320 in fucking 2012 you know and now it's uh is that with suits by the way or is this raw uh no suit no suit so raw as well yeah it's fucking heavy that's that's really good and you've got like the top 90 power lifters pull in the uk anyway pull around the like dale longford pulls about three four five three fifty. 350 so and that's someone who's like a deadlift specialist so to speak so to put 320 in yeah, it's fucking it's heavy, it's awesome. I think it's uh I think it's mad and I think it's good for the British scene to be honest, because it's pushing them to that international standard so that they don't get a shock when they go go abroad. Cool. What
0: would you what would your if you were competing, what would you back yourself in? What would your favourites be in that? And Me. What would, you, uh, what, would you, what would you like the least?
1: The, or the tackyless stone, the least. That's easy. I, I hate tackyless stone. Oh, even when I had a bicep, I hated it. Um, which is probably strange because I used to love t- stones with tacky. <laughs> like, it was my favorite event. Um, and then you take the tacky away, I was absolutely useless. Uh, so that would be one. I remember, actually, at St. Ives, I uh, i think Flash beat me in that comp, actually, because <laughs> there's tackyless stone for reps. And I was probably shitting myself. I was like, I reckon I got no rep that stone, you know. And I was out last because I won the event before. And I walked over and I picked up this like, it was like a 105 or 110 stone. I picked it up, lapped it, chucked it over this thing. And I was like, oh, I'll be all right. It was fucking piss. It was my turn to go out. For life and make move it. <laughs> I, was, I was devastated. Came last and like ended up third in the comp. And I was about 105 at 90 kilos.
0: Yeah, I think it's a completely different event, isn't it? especially if you especially if you used to train stones with tacky. like yeah um, like i think a, a lot of people who are say newer to competing and stuff who might just do a little bit of stone training here and there and they might be doing um, they, they might do most of the training taculus or whatever but i think a lot of people who are quite new to it maybe won't realize how much actual benefit that you get from using tacky.
1: Yeah. yeah. So is Osmond going to do this comp? Is he? Is he auto qualified or not?
0: No, he auto qualified for for England. Um, oh, so he's not a Brits, right? Okay. Because I was going to say, no
1: bias aside to anyone that coach or anything, but I would say person that comps kind of suited to someone like Lee or even Matt. You know what I mean, Matty Eilif just heavy, um, and it, even a 360 yoke, I mean, it's only eight meters, to be fair, but you know what I mean? Like, to win that, if it was over 20 meters, you might be talking, like, 14, 15 seconds, whereas usually you're looking at sub-10, aren't you, at least in, in, like, yoke races, but that's quite a heavy yoke from the 90. What's that, four times body weight or something?
0: Yeah, it's 350, isn't it? Was it 350, I thought it was 360. Yeah, what, what do you think would be a competitive time then on the yoke for eight meters drop and turn
1: at 350? What, eight meters drop and turn? Yeah. Hell, I don't know, mate. done eight meters drop and turn. It's a random one. You don't have enough time to get building up speed. Uh, sub 15 seconds, I would say. Because that first run, you've got to be looking at six seconds. Yeah, for a pick up in there. So then you've got to factor in like a little turnaround, another six seconds back. I reckon somewhere around that. What, and you
0: think that would get decent points? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <clears throat> cool. I tried it before, I think. Uh, just trying to find the video. 18 seconds I did before. On first try?
1: Yeah. So it's a good time.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna try and uh, so sub fifteen, sub fifteen
1: to chase. Uh, that's just uh, my random opinion. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's worth anything. Have you, have you ever done um, any any like frame carry with straps? Or farm never with straps or anything. I
1: mean, I've done it in the gym for
0: fun, but I've never done it in a comp. No. Yeah, that will be interesting. I've always wanted to do it since you watched. Um, they do at the Arnold's, don't they? Yeah, and gi- giants like Brits they did it the other year, didn't they? When did Hicksy and Bishop smash it? They got one really. Flat. Oh, was that
1: when Hicksy won Brits?
0: Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Like four twenty or something. The reason why
1: I know I've never done that in the comp is, I'd have been jumping for joy if they ever give me a comp that they said I could strap to the farmers, <laughs> because I'd be <feel> like, finally. <laughs> Now that's what is that what's the what's the frame? Is that eight as well? Yeah, just eight eight meter sprint. So not not back, just eight there.
0: Yeah, just eight meter there.
1: And how much is that? 320? Yeah. Right, okay, interesting. That's a bit strange. Deadlift strength's gonna play into that so much, isn't it? Well, I think pickup strength.
0: Yeah, uh, how, do, how do you think people are doing the deadlift medley like without without a suit? So, what's I, the first one? So what's the two? Did you say 220? 240, 260,
1: 280, 300,
0: 320. Oh, now. I think, I
1: think you basically have got to be. Well, this is how I when I ever had medleys in comps, I always told myself that I was on that one, I'd be like 20 kilos behind. So to pull the 320, I would need to be able to pull 340 on that day or to, you know, so if I'm, if I'm a 320 puller, I would not be expecting to pull the 320, you know, I'd be, I'd be hoping for the 300 and then give a fucking random back snap stab at the 320. Um, or, or sometimes a tactic that I would, I would use is I'd do a couple fast. If they're doing split times anyway, so that I know I've got like kind of best I can out of those three, I'll take yeah, yeah. Of my think, time limit for another
0: one. From your experience, do you think they'll do split times or do you think they'll just split points between? Both? I
1: always think if you don't do split times, it ruins comps because you, you can sometimes end up with... This, this, is, this is like all going back. One of the reasons why I didn't win England's one year is because of fucking split times. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but anyway, because ke- it was on keg toss. Um, they didn't do they didn't split time keg toss. And I chucked five kegs. Loads of other people chucked four kegs. And then they decided I only got a one point lead over everyone. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, because they couldn't split them as to who did it faster. So, so I think they should split time because let's say eight people pulled 280. And one person pulls three hundred. They have two options. of Depends how they score it. They can either give everyone second place and one guy first place. Yeah, yeah. They only gain one point lead, even though they, you know, deserve more. Or they put everyone at eighth place, and then that guy gets like an eight point lead over everyone. So, I think it should be split timed because then you could have five people that pulled two eighty. You did it faster, so you're second, you're third, you're fourth. Etc.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it would, <coughs> I agree completely. And it, like it was, would, it would suit certain people, wouldn't it if, uh, and if it was the point to split and be a bit unfair. Like for for instance, like I could scrape the 280 and then finish, and then somebody could just miss 300 and I get a similar amount. I wouldn't even attempt the 300 after, if I got the 280, I'd be fucking absolutely buzzing. And there'd be, I imagine there might be a, a few well, people. Well, uh,
1: there was a funny one at the uh, the last Northern Qualifier under 90s that I did. Um, it was Stones. And it was like this stone run that everybody was going to complete. Mm-hmm. And they forgot to split time the first two people. So, <laughs> so they just said... Uh, well, we just won't split time anyone then. But everybody finished it, so everybody came joint first. So at the end of it, I was like, what the fuck was the point in doing that event? <laughs> Literally, you may as well just not have done it because it's the same result as uh, like four events. And he was like, yeah, but we didn't split time the first two people. And I was like, oh, whatever. So yeah, it ho- hopefully split times it. This overhead medley as well, same thing. They, they need to be split timed or else it's uh, going to be a fucking. Do you think you'll get that one three five yoke? No. What about the log. Yeah. Yeah. got to practice at the medley.
0: No, I'll i have a go tomorrow. But I'm I was thinking maybe do, like one ten of, one maybe one ten of each actually. I, to be honest, I probably won't even think of it. I'll train the yoke press in isolation. I think I'm confident I'll get up to like one foot like. 140 yoke press um, in training, and it and for me, if it if it just if it just makes me improve at something that I'm not that good at, it that'll be great. Like I'm confident I can get to fucking 140 yoke press. But like you said about you know um, the deadlift thing about being 20 kilos ahead or whatever, like I think personally I'd have to be at 145, 150 or something on the yoke press to be able to do it after that medley personally. Um, You, I know you're practicing it at the moment, but have you decided on a technique
1: for it? Like, are you? uh, Is it? Are you able to split jerk it, or is it too like wobbly or what?
0: Well, I'm going to revisit it because when I've done when I've done uh, when I've done the yoke press in the the past, it's always been it's been like quite a high percentage for me in terms of my max that. Let's talk a bit, little bit about yoke press technique and my, and my theory on yoke press technique, right? If we were, if we were working at say, this is what I, I'd advise somebody to do. If it's like light for you and you're going to be able to be able to do maybe 10 plus reps or whatever at a comp. So say for instance, me, right? I've done one, one thirty probably 18 months ago, two years ago or something. as a, as a, as a top single. Um, if I was doing like an 80 or 90 kilos in a in a comp, I would persevere with setting the crossbar really high and then driving up into it and either do a push jerk or a push press or whatever, probably a push jerk if it was 90, where I'd be driving straight up. Whereas, to be honest, I'm probably strong enough now to do it maybe 90 to 100-ish if I needed to peak that for a comp, for instance um but realistically when it's going to 110 110 like say 100 110 and above like for me like i'm just not strong enough in my in my shoulders to set the crossbar high and and drive straight up like to because i'll because i'd push jerk it and for the um the margin for error is just so small whereas if i set the crossbar high I can rack it and then re-dip. I can be really accurate with that, like a push press um or a power jerk. Yeah. But you so like 110 to 130-ish, like that, that works great. Whereas <clears throat> what you said about the split jerk, um, just recovering from that split position is a is a fucking nightmare with because uh, obviously it just accentu- as you're stepping back backwards and forwards it's just um re- really unless it's absolutely perfect it's just that margin for error is so tiny when it's swinging like fuck and not only that but your, your time under tension's more like even if you do a good push press chain or like say you do yeah. it in 110 to well, say 120 130 or something like even if you do a perfect line push press the the yoke's still swinging a little bit, and just just eating at that overhead stability, if you will. You know when you're holding it over your head. So, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna, I'll explore it and fucking chop my head off and shit in training. I failed one behind today. Um, I think one twenty-five or something. Nearly um, knocked my head off. Maybe yeah, I was gonna say they've been conked in the teeth yet or not? Yeah. Um, no, but I've had, um, I've had, I've been in hospital with it with the yoke press before with eight eight kilo yoke press when I was at Fire. And I've got this, had uh, to have staples under my chin. It was funny, uh, funny story about uh, pixie, right? Fucking uh, at, at Northern
1: England, strongest man under 90. From the first year I did it, so I'll play the fucking cause I, did it, I did it like six years in a row or something, and every year they had a uh, safe pressing, which is just like. It's basically yoke press, but we had this like specific setup for it. So every I trained yoke press for like for the qualifier every year. As soon as I finished the end of the season, all the way over winter to March qualifier, we trained yoke press. And I remember I was at uh, Olympic Strong Gym, Mark Legs gym. It was like a one ten safe press reps. And we were doing like reps there and getting like sets of eight to ten or whatever and me general, I think, were there, a few others training for it and Hixie came over. And uh, it was when he was in 105s and he was doing his like, log record and shit. So it was like, proper strong. And he was like, oh, what the hell's this? And he <laughs> picked it up, strip pressed it. Well, that's very light, isn't it? And then he chucked it down and it landed at like an angle. And it just flew back and just smashed him in the lips and knocked him about four foot back on his heart. <laughs> so yeah. We were all just like, you cocky little bastard coming over here strict
0: pressing that way. That you're right. I
1: always remember that. It probably fucking knocked him out.
0: Yeah, so adv- advice to people training yoke press for the for the first time. Like Again, it's one of those things that a lot of people like, there's a lot of things like that. It's happened to me. I've been fucking, like I said, I've got smashed, smashed on the chin and I've been, in, I was actually doing a one-to-one with someone at the, at 6.30 in the morning. Glad I used to train Mac. He's brilliant. And, um, I demoed to him at 22. He had it in a, in a comp, a novice comp, was doing eight kilo yoke press. And I went to demo for him at 27 in the morning and I put it down and it smashed me, in, smashed me in the chin and I had to, had to go to hospital and cancel my whole day of work and get staples and shit. And and now I don't know if you can see it, Shane. Can you see the, see the screen? Yeah, I can. <laughs> and there's like a ball, there's like a ball patch under my chin to match my head. Um shade to
1: Bob, like, I have no idea why you call it the safe press because it is the least safe thing I've ever <laughs> in my life.
0: So. Like to anybody who hasn't trained it before, but maybe you've got it in a comp or you, or or inevitably when you do, like again, I suppose it's just the same advice as anything else, really. Um, but just be, just be, go fucking light with it. Like this is this is a p- piece of advice for you, especially on overhead events. I think um, like when you look le- when you're learning stuff for the first time, learn how to fail safely. Like, I think that's, that gives you a lot of value actually. Um, just think worst case scenario: if you had someone fucks up, like, what, what what's going to happen? Work it out with some lighter weights and actually practice. You know, like f- failing safely. I, I have it with people at the gym chain who trade in person, and like say we teaching them an axle or whatever, and they just don't, People just don't like fucking, especially if they come from like a commercial gym setting or whatever. People don't like dropping weights, especially women. Try and keep hold of it, don't they? Yeah, Job. yeah And and like I, I've had a couple of people injured from not actually um, from like yeah, like you say, keeping hold of instead of like dropping the weight properly. I know when they've got a platform and bumper plates and stuff, like actually keeping hold of the bar and then fucking smashing the shins or hurting the wrists or whatever. So. I think it's an important, like it's an important thing in to to learn how to do, um, especially with something like the yoke press because you've just got to learn how to you, you can bash it down, and to learn what to do with your body. Like you've just got to you go and bash that yoke down because you think it's going to be safe because it just bashes down and yeah, great. What what's going to happen? eventually is one time it's going to bounce back towards you. So I think what you should get in the habit of practicing is, as you're like dropping that yoke down is by automatically like jumping back or shuffling back immediately. So, so then basically you can get into this rhythm where you're like bashing it down and jumping back as it bashes down. And then you're jumping in for your next rep um, as opposed to just standing in the same place because standing in the same place might work, for a little while, until you just get a fucking whack out of nowhere, um, and then if you get a whack out of nowhere, you're going to be more likely to be one of these people that think, "Oh, I fucking hate your press shit event it's just dangerous, whatever." Like, actually prepare for that that thing swinging back at you, and uh, and and just get and get used to it, and you'll um, <coughs> you'll actually learn that it it's actually a re- really Quite an e- easy overhead event for strongman. I think I, I love it. it. I think it's class. Yeah, it's good. I, like I did, I did it at comp. I think one of the BNSF comps, uh, maybe two years ago. I think it was one ten, one ten for reps or whatever. And at the start of the thing, I thought, "Fuck me, this is like near my PB or whatever." Like I'm, I'm, like on this awkward thing that swings everywhere. Whereas I got, I got, I think I got up to 110 for eight before the comp in like 60 seconds or whatever. Um, when my log was like 110 or something, 110, yeah, it was probably at like 110 log at the time. So the point was, like, it, <clears throat> you, might, you can you can get it's quite an easy variation to rep because you, you're taking the clean element out of it. Um, I say if you're, if you're lazy like me, you can dump it, but not have to clean it. It's great. <laughs> yeah but just um but just take take time getting that that um that that bar path right and your technique and your line good because um yeah it's gonna people say oh yeah well it just swings like fuck swings like fuck if if you're bar like proportional to your bar path doesn't it like if your bar path shitty like you're gonna have a tough time with it swinging all over the place but if you're If you can keep that vertical bar path, it's going to be surprisingly easy to to stabilize overhead. Whether you do like a push press or a push jerk or whatever. Um, So speaking of yoke press,
1: moving on to another event. So what's your out of all those events, then? What is your one that you're looking forward to like improving the most at, and having you know what I mean, like the one that you're almost. Dreading a bit, but you know, you're going to graft. Is it the yoke or is there something else?
0: No, oh, y- y- yoke's probably like the thing I'm most confident with. Like, I could just like I've just done that today. Oh, the yoke yeah. press, I meant, sorry. All oh, right, the yoke press for that cop for the comp. Yeah. Um, well, I'm look- looking forward to grafting it in terms of I'm going to graft it because of because I've got the comp and I, and like I just want to hit 140 single in in training and um, that's. So it's just dictating where the where the training's going, if you will. Um so I'm yeah. confident I'll hit that P B and it be realistic. But I'm under no illusions that I'm gonna uh get that on the comp day. Um but realistically on the comp day, get the get the three implements in a good time, get a what one twenty five log after the first um first two cleaning press or whatever, like I'll be pleased with that because... Like it's a high percentage for me for log, but it's uh, it's definitely achievable. Is it double stiff bar? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. But I'm just are gonna... gonna
1: train. Are you gonna train stiff bar for it?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: What's what's gym goal then before the comp? Say again. What's your what's your, what's your current stiff bar? I know, I know you pulled that 290 on the double bar, but what have you? Two uh, two seventy on the stiff bar.
0: We're waiting to try and get that twenty in the comp. Yeah, yeah, I'm confident I can do that. Like to be honest, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna graph light fuck on that stiff bar because um, that was a thing I was underprepared for. Like not prepared for at England was when it changed to the stiff bar. I was just fucking mauled by it. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I got I'm strong enough to get a few more reps or whatever. I wasn't. But I think but if it had peaked to the stiff bar, I'd have definitely got another an- another rep. Like, I'm doing the first rep, and I'm just getting you fucking- Yeah, your, your
1: whole, I was really shocked when I got a message. Did you get four or three? Four. Yeah, four. I got a message saying so you got four. I was like, I wonder what happened. I was like, really confused, because I was... <clears throat> I really didn't... I expected six or seven. And then when they said it changed to a like, proper stiff bar... I was like, ah, that 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 explains what what happened.
0: Yeah, and that <clears throat> and that's the thing. Like, I've been pe- as I've proven by the way with the OSG thing last week when I fucking monged out that two ninety one. <coughs> um, the, I've pe- like peaked like peeped this the the um, the deadlift bar really well because like I remember at the start of, start of lockdown, so done loads stuff on stiff bar and then gone over to the deadlift bar. Thinking, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to cash in here. It's going to be so easy. And then I was just getting mauled by the deadlift bar. And then I ran like the frequency, uh, I ran like a couple of blocks of that high frequency thing that I do. And it took like two, it took like six weeks before I got anywhere near like any, you know, even like 260 ish. Yeah. Two, 260 for two, I think it, I got to on that, like six weeks into deadlifting five times a week. Like that's how much it took for me to kind of transition my mechanics over. So by the way, there's a sort of <clears throat> advice for people out there who, because there's a lot, a lot of people who, <clears throat> they have this thing of training stiff bar like Fouke, and, th- and then so when they use a deadlift bar at comp, it'll just be, it'll be easier. I, th- I think my opinion is that your deadlift bar and your stiff bar, all skill being equal, you're going to pull more on the deadlift bar and it's going to, it might be an extra rep or two at a comp or whatever. But my point is, is there, there is a fucking definite skill to it. And the posi- there's a significant positional change if you want to lift it up to more. um, which to be honest, I only really learned like how extreme that was during, during lockdown when I kind of, I felt like so much stronger from the stuff I'd done on the stiff bar. And then like I've just said, and then I went into went to have a bit of fun with the deadlift bar and I was just expecting like fucking PB straight away and I was just getting mauled. Um <clears throat> but yeah, that that was a thing that was disappoint that disappoint I didn't want to say it at at, at the like af, like immediately after England because I didn't want to seem like emotional or whatever really. But like reflecting back on it, that was a one disappointment for me was the the uh the deadlift but the deadlift thing because i remember eight week eight weeks out from the comp i think I even spoke to you shane and it was like 250 for reps deadlift and i remember i think i was speaking to you about it and i said right i'm just going to cycle the bars like one week and uh, we're going to increase the and load you're using like a really shit bent bar yeah, it? It, week one i did like two two some like 220 for eight on like the worst bar I could find in the gym was like no knurling and fucking like an axle basically. Um, And like the week after I was going to do like a power bar the week after I was going to do a uh, um, a weightlifting bar the week after that I'd have done like basically just got a decent level of skill on and just, just found out what the positional, positional setup was going to be on different bars like use some with bumpers on use a deadlift bar with uh power plates or whatever because as as we know the dp get into it like it is very different like it's only subtle but like a couple of degrees here and there like if you technically if you rel- rely on technical proficiency like me then um then there's, there's sig- significant difference. Um, the thing is so, though, yeah, that, that was a, a change on the day like
1: that, even if you just even if I
0: you pe- peaked the deadlift bar just because they, they said, no, it's going to be
1: dead, definitely a deadlift bar. Huh. Even if you'd have peaked the stiff bar mm-hmm. and then they changed it to a deadlift bar on the day, like you said, it took you six weeks to transition to it as well. So I think it was just something out of your control, like... If they were going to change that bar, yeah, it was never going to go as well as the gym performances because you were told it was one thing. Yeah, yeah. Turn up and it's another thing. I know, I know what you're saying about rotating these bars, but like, I'm not sure how much. You know what I mean? Like, how can you progress? I know you're doing your volume, and it doesn't make too much difference with lower, but ends up just being like loads of changes and it might, I feel like it might be like too much, too many different positions, you know what I mean? And eventually it all just become like good at them all, but not mastered one, if that makes sense. Whereas you really mastered yeah, that, but that deadlift peak you did and that deadlift bar was perfect. I think you did no, nothing wrong. They just shouldn't, they shouldn't change the bar. They don't do it in any other sport, but strongman. But that's kind yeah. of why people like it, so.
0: Yeah, but, but my, what I'm saying is that if, we'd have assumed that, oh, it's a, it's, um, a 250 deadlift and you're going to find out on the day what bar it is, then I'm, I'm all for that. I'm brilliant. I think that's great. Like, because then it it suits a person who's going to be versatile and gets used to different setups and stuff. Um, but it was just the fact that they announced specifically it's going to be a deadlift bar. And then yeah. And same same with the same with the tacular stones, actually. That that fucking pissed me off though.
1: Yeah, because I imagine this deadlift medley at Brits will probably be three stiff bars and then a deadlift bar or something. Yeah. That's often how they do it, slap a slap or, the best bar on the heavy one.
0: Or do you think they could do it like um like same ba- same bar and then they add plates as you go along? Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, okay.
1: Alright, ah, yeah, maybe. Actually now I think about it, yeah. The only reason I don't like that, and the reason why I if I have run a few comps like but I would never run a comp like that is because if you've got like 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 I said about the split times, if if one loader just takes a bit longer. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Out, of lift, out of lifter's control, isn't it?
0: I agree, that's a limiting factor there, isn't it?
1: Whereas the, the, the bars makes all this strategy come into play like are you going to strap up for the first one or are you going to strap up for the second like when you how, how fast can you strap up are you in figure eights or these or what you know where you're going to put your figure eights while you do the strapless stuff you know what i mean are you going to put them next to the bar and or up your elbow or something you know what i mean like all this other stuff comes into play whereas if it's just like you're loading
0: plates you just gotta sit there and pull Yeah. So back, back to the question before, when you said, what, what are you most uh, looking forward to grafting? Um, squat, because like, I'm like many, my, some people might know actually or whatever that like, I am an advocate of <sighs> to for strongman you know, just like almost like maintaining a squat and just keeping a squat stimulus in but, um, Pushing it, pushing everything else, whilst squat not being the focus. Whereas quite a lot of people, they push squat as much as they push deadlift in the program, if you will. Me. Um, so. <laughs> Put So I do that. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're not a strong one You're just an insta. Not my clients, like they still Am ah, only joking, I'm only joking. <laughs> well,
1: I was going to uh, ask you as well before I fucking forget. Are you training tomorrow?
0: Yeah, yeah. Every Friday.
1: Never miss a Friday. Didn't know if you changed it. What time?
0: Um Four till late. And who's there? Me.
1: Not all fucking that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me, um Joe and Tim, the twins. And... Um, Dave Clark, maybe. Yeah, Dave Clark. So big Dave. What, what are you doing some kind of events or what? What we got? Oh yeah, full comp Friday, Shane. Is that
1: what you do? Right. Are you still doing that what I agreed to come to before I blew my hand?
0: Yeah, yeah, you up for it,
1: mate. Yeah, what to come, yeah. I just didn't think I could do anything until literally I logged one twenty five, told myself I'm an animal and I was like I need to go Josh on Friday. Uh, I'd forgotten until just this moment.
0: Right, brilliant. So hold yourself accountable. Tell the listeners what you're gonna train tomorrow, mate.
1: I, fucking don't, don't, I don't have a fucking clue. I'm going to do some events with you. not done okay. events in forever, so I'll just, I'll just do what you do.
0: Yeah, but... With, with a couple of extra plates you on. You do that, you do that, and then you fucking end up spewing, or you end up blowing something out. i don't know why, no, why, why, why don't you... My load will be limited
1: by my hand anyway. Well, that 125 log... I, I wanted to go, uh, wanted to go heavier, but I just couldn't pick it up, and the grip grip just went. So, uh, log, log, from the, log from the rack, max log from the rack. Yeah, I actually, to be fair, I fucking was training, that primal strength rack is really good. But the pull-up bar, like, comes out of the rack, if that makes sense. So when you are on the safety pin things, like, you know, you have it. If basically, if you set it up like you have it, if I pressed overhead and hit the pull-up bar. So you gotta step right. a step back and it's like really weird. I don't like it. It's a bit annoying. Right.
0: So if I set it up for you, are you gonna do 160 fucking log from the rack tomorrow? I'm a fuck I'll log, I'm logging tomorrow. That's what we're all doing. We're all doing max log from the rack tomorrow. Well that's fucking gay, I'll just clean it, it's easier. No, but you're gonna be moaning that you're gonna be bitching out at 140 Seeing you, you you're can't not
1: fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, I'm. will come tomorrow at four o'clock, and my plan is I need to do log as a priority, like a 40 minute emom something like that, loads of skill work, and then I'll probably max it afterwards. Um, and then after that, if you guys are slinging some sandbags. I'll get the little bean bags out if I can carry them and do some heart shock with a 10 kilo
0: sandbag, whatever
1: I can carry. Then
0: I'll add some weight every week. In fact, I've got a, a throw-in throw sandbag that would be good for you for doing some carries with. You <laughs> uh, think I'm joking. <laughs> no, but Jenny, I'll be there at four. Oh, oh Shane, maybe, uh, maybe we could do max frame carry and just have it like... Get, if I've it's got good. straps, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. We'll do where uh, elevated as well to save back. Three f- twenty
1: uh over eight meters, is that the then? Yeah, but we'll do three
0: twenty for a bit further. Right well yeah, wherever. I'll do that with you. Yeah,
1: tomorrow, four o'clock.
0: Yeah. Can I can I uh, start with it elevated on the jerk box? <laughs> 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 Or in fact, will you uh, will you keep it secret if i wear that orange suit to pick it up? I don't think you can hide that, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just put a mile away. Well, in fact, I think, uh, I think Twins are going to do um, Max um, Static Monsters 18-inch double. Deadl- static Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's been in the advantage just <laughs> <of> the comp. We'll <laughs> um, do um, Max 18-inch axle deadlift if you fancy that. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: the only thing I won't do is deadlift, because I delisted today.
0: Well, it's not deadlift, it's just 18-inch. Eight, You'll just have to stand on your tiptoes to lock it out. you think I'd be
1: good at that event, Josh, but surprisingly, I'm not. I fucking hate it. Um, yeah, I don't like that event. I'm very mechanically suited to it, but it just doesn't work, and I don't know why. A 15-inch axle, now we're talking, but 18, you can fuck right off. Yeah. But no, tomorrow I'll log, I'll fucking smash you on frame. I mean do frame with you. And then uh if you want to do a bit of yoke that's hand free, I can yoke. Yeah, I've just and then throw some Fair. bags or some what else is in the comp. Ollie bar overhead. Oh, I'll do the medley. If you want me to show you how to do that yoke press. I'm pretty good at yoke press. Yeah. Skill wise, I mean, not just in general.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds good. What, what's the other thing? Um What's the other thing that I, that I can't do with the, what I've got 70 kilos, my max? Oh, squat. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been looking, looking at myself, Shane, today, trousers down, looking, looking down at my cock, <laughs> either side.
1: I have like, I like and I've, got,
0: I've got no fucking quads. I've got no
1: legs. you only just realised? <laughs> I, I just think you make 90 kilos. You're about six foot four.
0: How am I meant to do max squat? We had a suit. Well, you, won
1: it, you won it at London, so...
0: Yeah, with a fucking suit.
1: <laughs> There's your answer. With two,
0: two suits.
1: Dave, Mears definitely checking
0: your hoodies, like, what's under here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what to aim for, about 160 or something, I don't fucking know. At least I ought to know I rep it. If you put your head to it, you'll squat a two fourteen wraps. You know you will as well. Yeah, but well, I don't, I don't know if that'd be, uh, I don't know if that'd be much, much, uh much got Anyway, that that was the thing that I was going to ask you, Shane. When we could do it to wrap up for five, ten minutes or whatever, um, <clears throat> was how would for someone like me, or who who doesn't like squat heavy frequently, like how would you say do you, like map out a general like eight week peak for a max squat like a strongman comp like it's going to be obviously different to someone peaking for powerlifting because you're going to assume that the powerlifter prioritised squat in the programming yeah um what would you say and i'll i i'm a big fan of
1: everybody who does strongman has a day they deadlift on and um unless you're Josh, Josh five fucking days, but do do a speed slash skill squat prior to your deadlift session. And you may find as well that your deadlifts actually feel better. Just like, like what you say about when you do your uh, light volume deadlifts, it's like a movement prep. You feel good. You know, it primes your nervous system and everything. So you can do like a 50% squat for like eight sets of three, no intensity or hype required. Just fucking under the bar, practicing your positions and your motor pattern. If you use knee wraps, I would probably wrap every other set just to get again the skill of knee wrapping, and then you just crack on with a lift session. And then my second- by, by the way, by
0: the way, let me interrupt you there. Right, I fucking love love that. I think I, like I love that kind of protocol, eight, eight by three at 50%, 10 by three, 50, whatever, where a lot of people, I think maybe people who are newer to it as well, like almost think that that's too light to get any like gains from and like progress and stuff. Whereas, um, yeah, I think, I think it's absolutely brilliant what you're saying. Yeah. Especially,
1: especially when it's like, like, like I say, if they're inexperienced, then i 't have to wrap the knee. They might be starting at the calf and ending at the hip. You know what I mean? So you've got a knee wraps are really so there's such a skill to get in a good rap and the people who get 60 70 kilos out of rap you know they've pra- they've practiced for that you know so that day is kind of like although it's practicing squat mechanics it's mainly as well it's practicing that rap um, and then anyway the next the next day you squat i would put it uh, before like a big heavy neural day so if if this comp has as i would have the heavy squat and yoke on the same day, um, the squat prior, and then I would do, uh, yeah, just a, a kind of top couple of sets in wraps. Again, trying to just put in practice what you would practice in on the lighter day with the knee wrap, getting it in the correct position, getting it tight enough, getting getting depth for one because some people, you know, pack the wrap behind the, the knee and. Uh, it kind of creates this big ball of material where the hamstring and calf just get trapped between this big wrap and it's like impossible to hit depth so you've you've kind of ironed that issue out on the skill day and you're applying it on the heavy day and um, for me personally peaking a max squat I'm very undulating in style so it'll just be like a couple of heavy sets of five like two or three heavy sets of five and then linearly progress them uh, over a couple of weeks and simple progression of drop the sets and reps as you get closer to comp that skill day would creep probably towards the sixty to seventy percent range, but not anything heavy. The kind of idea being that as you get more peaked, the 60-70% is feeling like the 50% did, you know, way back uh, at the start of the peak. And then yeah, hopefully over eight weeks, my goal with an athlete would be to get the most out of the knee wrap in eight weeks. So let's be realistic. If you're natty, you can make some good gains in eight weeks. Um, But if you've already got this kind of baseline squat strength already, because you've been ticking over with it, then you can't jump 30% on top of that in one block. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's unrealistic, especially when you've got all these other events to manage. But if you're not very good in knee wraps, you you could definitely get... 20 30% 20, 30% out of the knee wrap. So if we get you 10%, 20% stronger and master a knee wrap that's giving you 20, 30%, you could you could add loads of kilos to your squat in uh, in eight weeks. So that would be what I do. So
0: could maybe get from like 150 to like 190 or something.
1: I won't push you that far, Josh.
0: <laughs> you
1: could you could good
0: morning one night. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, so <clears throat> to add to- well, but you know that though because you remember trying them different wraps and you you decided them Cerberus Ultras felt the nicest for you didn't you yeah. and if somebody had just give you a knee wrap and gone there you go wrap your knees and you were like okay this, uh, this is the knee wrap I use forever and you never practiced in them or you didn't try other wraps and stuff you, you never know if you're going to get the most out of them so that's another, another tip sorry to interrupt again but fucking like just if people in the gym that you train at all have different sets of knee wraps two meters two and a half meters three meters try them and see which feels right for you because leg girth is going to kind of make a, a difference because everyone goes to like three meter knee wraps but if you've got like a pretty thin leg like josh you're going to get 700 revs and then it might not feel right so you might be better with a 2.5 meter wrap or you might need to not crank the three meter wrap as tight you know what i mean there's like loads of differences there or then you get the opposite end of the spectrum like hicksy you know he uh, probably needs a uh, a stiff wrap, but not that stiff because it needs to stretch a lot because his fucking leg's like everyone else's torso. So you still need to make sure he's getting enough reps to cover the whole area. So it, it really, you know, anatomy kind of uh, anthropometrics, is that the word, plays a, yeah. length, a, a role in uh,
0: getting the most of like your knee wrap. So you've got to practice. Brilliant. So that that's your – Are you finished on that? Because I'll just add oh, yeah, to I you, so. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> what 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 were you basing it off? Did you say two, twice a week, or three times a week? Would we? I, I do.
1: No? I would do for that for that specific comp just because it's so heavy.
0: I would do two, just
1: just because. I, I thought when you asked me, I was I was kind of toying between two or three, but with, with the yoke being so heavy and the frame with straps and the deadlift, it's like a real neural comp isn't it it's just it's just heavy so I, I would personally i would straight to, but the thing is like you do with the deadlift though if you had the time to slot in extra skill sessions like the one i spoke about you could slot you could slot another couple of them in
0: yeah so um if you're peaking something like that like we've discussed um and you're going to pick two or three sessions per week And you're not conditioned to doing a lot of squatting. What I would recommend is um, finding some variations of squats that you can push, that where you can where you can push your your skill up and obviously your strength in terms of force production, but spare your joints a little bit. Um, Like for instance, like I'm going to be squatting maybe four or five times a week because I'm fucking absolutely dog shit here yeah. um but i probably well, I'll, at the comp i know that i'll use low bar i probably won't even try low bar and probably won't do any high bar i probably won't do any um low bar until like four weeks out when i'm like practicing the skill of the low bar so um what what I'm gonna do because I know that my, my like my left elbow is not great at the minute anyway, but it, my back, my biceps and my my elbows and stuff um, just just flare up, which is 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 obviously very common. Um, but don't, don't get me wrong, it's a lot better with the what what we're calling it the claw grip, Shane.
1: Yeah, that's what. Uh, it, uh, it's a lot better. Bed?
0: So so what what I'll do is like I'll put in when I've got two days recovery and then, um well, really, three days' recovery from upper body stuff, so what I'll do in my per- in my program is I'll put it on like say on Friday when I've got the weekend to recover, and then on Monday, I'll deadlift anyway, and just do a little bit of skill overhead so then i've i've it's not kind of interfering there, so that that's what i'd what i'd uh, <clears throat> kind of recommend for people who who struggle with the the uh, kind of elbow and wrist or whatever upper body because, because the, fact, the fact is shame right i could i could slam a suit on and wraps right i haven't squatted over fuck knows 110 or something 110 for like maybe three four five months from like right. i did five by five front squat at 110 the other day and I was, my legs are still fucking sore now and like but I'd be confident in if someone challenged me or whatever and said, "Right, slam your wraps on and your suit and shit." Like I'd I'd, I'd be more than happy to do two fifty. But the point is, that would I'd probably be able to do it, but I'm not strong enough to recover from that in terms of my joint. Like it'd just be so bad for my upper body, uh, more than more than anything. Like may like stabilizing that weight in that position. Um, so what what I suppose what i'm saying back to my original point is what I would recommend finding finding stuff that's personal to you that's um really like kind of joint friendly so I think that I have to also manage as well if i do like with high bar really I think it's because i can 't hit a grip i 'm struggling to great hit a great position mobility wise um when i 'm at the bottom, which by the way is ve- is very common and it goes back to the the um thing what we were saying about with the log rack position the other day about uh, last week about if you drew a line down and it goes through the middle of your foot, we're we're looking good. Same thing on the squat, like if we hit that work the bottom of the hole, we want that bar we want that the centre of the load to be through the middle of the foot. Whereas fact is, like I fucking really struggle with that. Um so I just get I get my knees get smoked. my my low, my lower back on my left side sometimes get gets a bit smoked. So high bar isn't great, even though my elbows feel okay. Um, so I so I found the the cambered bar or cambered bar, whatever you want to pronounce it. Like I found that's really really friendly for me because I can hit my low bar position. It feels like low bar, but my hands are like dangling down, if you will. Yeah. And so, so it, so I don't get that upper body, uh, like disgusting feeling to recover from. Um, and also, as well, like it holds you accountable to hitting that kind of working on that that proper bottom position where the load's balanced over midfoot. Because if it's not, when you drive up out of the hole, the fuck it just swings everywhere. So it holds you, it kind of I mean, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing some today, some beltless paused. Camber bar squats and I and I just feel feel really good from it. My knees are my knees feel good. Like basically, what I'm saying as advice is find a variation that you can you could train a bit every day if you need if you wanted to or you had the time to or whatever. Um, whereas if I was doing high bar, my knees would fucking hate it, unless I drastically improved my t- technique, which realistically with all the other stuff going on, I'm not going to do um I'm not gonna do all this mobility stuff to improve my technique in the time speaking frame.
1: Of the, speaking of knees, Josh.
0: Yeah. It's been
1: about uh two weeks or so, three weeks since the Mofo podcast. Yeah. Any uh sorry to interrupt, I was just thinking. Any update, any any feedback for how you've been feeling doing the ISOs?
0: Yeah. My knees are loads better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm recovering. Just, just pre session or like all the time. Well, what what I do? I do the. <clears throat> so again, right. So this is like my my advice based on us being coaches to you guys, who a lot of the listeners here are realistic. With it. But, I don't know. I I'd hear that fr- stuff from Mofo, and I think I think the wall sits. Uh, I and I'll be honest. Like I just can't be asked doing you know? them. So what? What I did instead of the wall sits, I took the three sets of 45 seconds protocol and then made it specific to the thing that I'm doing that day, instead of doing a wall sit, because I don't necessarily find even though I'm sure it would work because of the amount. <laughs> that, that, what you're saying is ex-
1: exactly what I've been doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's it. If I say, if I say to you, shit, right, I'm coaching you, Shane. And I say, right, Shane, go and do three sets of 45 seconds wall, wall sits before your session, like, versus, right, you're gonna do, we're gonna go, for, say your log, log press session tomorrow, for instance, right? And you're moaning about your fucking getting your glass knee or whatever blah 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 blah. and the dip of the push press recovering or whatever right do it tomorrow three sets of 45 seconds with the empty log pause in the dip in the wrap like when the when it's in the wrap position so we're ticking off all the stuff that we said last week as well about you can get your we can work on the thoracic extension the external rotation of the shoulders to get that wrap position so we're reinforcing that so we're saving time there but we're loading this fucking most like a lot of people a lot of guys out there we're dipping on the push press and you're dipping with those knees forward well, a say forward the knot for the, the the knees are forward the toes out, so the knees actually coming in, and that 's the root of a what a lot of us get get the kind of knee pain on the di- on the dip of the push press so what I'm saying to you is tomorrow, Shane right getting that pausing that dip with the knees. I'm going to say inverted commas out or basically you're like driving your knees out towards your little toe and basically try and hold that tension on your, you know, like say your glutes or whatever, your glute med rather than just being your fucking kneecap. Right. And you'll find that position. Do your three sets of 45 seconds like that. Um, And I reckon that it'll feel great. That's what I've been doing with, with like, I've just been doing it with... Gen- genuinely, weird. I did it. I literally did it
1: yesterday. That exact thing. That on log when okay. I was warming up. Because I applied it. I did the wall sits for three sessions. Yeah. And like you said, I was... I sat against the wall for about 10 and I was, I was like, oh, fuck this shit. <laughs> I can't be asked. So then uh, I had squat day that day. So I got under the squat bar. And what I did this time is that it a slow eccentric until I got to the point where the pain was like the the worst point when I'm just slightly above parallel yeah yeah. I just paused there with the empty bar and I focused on my feet like I say trying to just spread the load not on my kneecap like in my glutes hamstrings and everything
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: and I didn't I didn't sit there 45 seconds did I fuck it felt like 45 it was probably 20 or something but I did, I did do three sets, though, and I, and I went longer each time because the pain was like a 10 and then a 7 and then a 3. Yeah, yeah. So I did do quite a long time on the last set. But then I have applied that principle every session since. I just haven't done it with the specific, you know, protocol. Yeah, I, su-
0: I, su- I suppose, right, what I'm saying is like where what Mofo said, which is, I'm, I'm saying it's fucking absolute magic, what he said. It is absolutely brilliant. But I suppose what I'm saying is putting it into um, ha- practically how you can get motivated, like basically motivate meat Ed's like me and you. Yeah, to to how, do it every how, fucking time. How they, how they can do it every single time. And for me, what or for you, Shane, if you if I was coaching you again, right, what what I would say to you, I'd say, you don't need to do your three sets of 45 seconds. I'd want you to do the fucking 45 seconds. So look at a clock. Um, but... I would say to you, sprinkle it in in between sets when you're, you know, like say you're doing log or whatever, like just sprinkle it into your warm-up sets, maybe whatever, 10 minutes apart or whatever, so you don't feel like, like when you're at the point where you actually feel like, oh fucking hell, I need a bit of a breather here or my triceps need a bit of a rest or whatever, then put it in and then you don't feel like you're stealing time from your meat meat and potatoes of your session and I think you'll be a a lot more likely to to keep consistent with The long
1: the one that you said is fucking class, because if you dip shit, you genuinely can't, you can't pause there. Yeah. For, well, you can't pause there for five seconds, let alone 45. So it really helps you, as well as the isometric shit that's going on,
0: helps you just find that sweet spot. Oh yeah. So, it, 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 well, this, this is the thing that we may, may, maybe didn't, didn't co- cover so much or explain, which we can kind of explain in layman's terms. Like what was so good about the mofo thing, he was saying about explaining the analgesia effect, which just completely blew my mind. Like I've never fucking read about that or whatever, but I could literally I went and tried it. And like, oh my God, like what a, di- what a difference. It was like, you know, when you take you like say love a painkiller or whatever, and then like fucking half an hour later, you feel a bit better. It was like instant hit. It was crazy. Like the, pain, the painkiller effect that I, I get doing it is it's absolutely mad it is, it is mad but what <clears throat> what we're doing and what we're advising here is like going beyond that and actually not only will you get like say for instance the analgesia effect of in the knees that we're going for but we'll actually get that isometric in the in the um, in like say your, your rack position as well so you, yeah. you probably get that point over the in your log rack position where what I touched on last week about saying you could probably relax your arms because that logs on that fucking center line. You're not having to keep your shoulder, your elbows up. You're not having to fight against it rolling forward because it's in that fucking perfect position. Yeah. Same with me. I did it today on yoke press, right? And I did exactly the same thing, but I was doing it. Um, I watch my videos. I don't know if anybody's noticed or whatever. Or anybody gives a fuck, to be honest. But like on my videos, on my dip of the of the push press and the jerk, it's really pissed me off because I've noticed it a lot late lately. Is like my left side, my left hip or knee, whatever, like like externally rotates and uh, tracks really well over or oh, pretty well over. Like the my hips, knees, and ankles are aligned and whatever. On my right side like as a dip, my, ar- my arch is just collapsed and my knee just tracks really wonkily, like in. Um, so what I was doing, I was doing the isometric, but biasing the hip external rotation on the right side and fo- whilst focusing on the foot stability on the right side. And um, so not only was I getting the analgesia effect from my knees, but I was actually opening up this better position where, um, where I, would, I was dipping and my knee wasn't under pressure from the actual mechanics of a shit dip. Uh, and also, as well, my bar path improved because I was dipping. Actually, I could achieve that vertical bar path a lot easier because on my right side, I wasn't collapsing like I usually do, if that makes some sense. Yeah, as soon as your
1: arch collapses, like you say, you get that whole kinetic chain just falls apart, doesn't it? and uh, the power, tra- power transfer and everything will go. So, yeah, it's it's, it's mad. Um, with the fucking isometric things as well, my mum, she's like fucking 300 years old. She came in, like she hobbled in the gym. I can't squat today. I've banged my knee or something she did and it was killing her. And I, she lo- I know she loves wall sits and doing all the fitness classes. So I just told her to try some wall sits didn't tell her what for. I was like, we'll do them instead. Just because I didn't want it to be any like psychological, you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want her to know what was going on. And she did it, and I was like, how'd you feel? And she was like, I feel it feels all right now. And then she was like, oh, I think I, feel I can squat. Literally 10 minutes later, she was squatting 60 kilo for like sets of fucking eight or whatever. And I was thinking that is mad because <laughs> because I didn't I want to say to her this will help your knee because she's one of them who will be like oh yeah it feels fine even if it's not uh, but she didn't have a clue she thought she was just doing wall sits for a workout instead next minute she's fucking flying around the gym
0: so it's 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 crazy crazy good I love it yeah and that that like, like we've touched on like that's what's go- that that's what's great if you can take what we're talking about now and go and apply it to your training is like like basically getting that analgesia effect, but also improving positionally. So, and that positional strength and positional posture. So when you go to your fucking actual skill work or strength work that you're doing, like you're going to be, you're going to be patterning. You're going to be doing repetition and volume on a much better pattern. So you're doing that repetition and volume on a much better pattern. You're going to be more likely to, make that pattern stick and therefore if you make that pattern stick you are going to be less likely f- for these niggles to occur in in the first place and it can, in my opinion right and this goes back to the original thing of what I what I kind of believe is like people say oh yeah I'm very specific with my training don't do few few do few assistance exercises I don't re- I don't really warm up person really but I I feel that because my technique is and prioritized most of the time most of the reps i do on everything i know people just see me fucking maxing out on instagram and shit but like most of my repetitions on everything like i take great care care of and think about every single rep and i think that's a big thing that keeps that can keep you pain free if you will yeah and, uh, recover recover for longer and then therefore the better your technique the mo- the less of these little things that you have to do in in, uh, in the first place. Like I'm actually just thinking that, that really the knees thing is just something that I've never known how to, like it's a bit of a technical flaw that I've never really noticed on myself. I've just always been like kind of, oh yeah, well my knees are bad because of this. Whereas actually because of doing, obviously I'm getting the analgesia effect that I'm talking about, but like because I'm actually getting better external rotation at my hips now, Whilst maintaining the integrity of my arch and my foot, instead of like collapsing in, especially on that right side, when I'm doing my specific skill and strength work, I'm doing. Do, like, I've done like fucking. I've push pressed like three times this week. I've done two, two. Sorry, like three, three days where I've squatted a variation. This kind of stuff that if I wrote down, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to be able to do that the day after that because my knees are going to be sore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and then I've done fucking max yolk or whatever. And by the way, right? I think it was Flash said something to me on Instagram before about oh, about my yolk three eighty for ten a week. Oh, it was Dean. Um, he said, uh, "Oh yeah, in, yeah, the the yolk flu incoming or whatever," and um, and I was like, said that I'd. I, like I, I genuinely feel like I feel fine, I feel great, and I'll be I'll be absolutely fine tomorrow. I'll be maxing to my house out tomorrow. Um, but like I put a lot of value on that kind of you know what do you remember when I was doing like the fucking one mile shit and the half mile <laughs> half mile yoke stuff yeah. and the conditioning that I was building with that, right? Because at first and I've explained this before, well go over it in again in a nutshell, because I was practicing with such light load where I was getting like kind of knee niggle or a little bit of a back niggle on the left-hand side, it was all positional. It was all positional while I was getting those niggles. So when I, when there was practicing with fucking loads of reps and going a long distance, like I was fixing this, I was like a bit more external rotation on the right side and like, oh fucking hell, my knee didn't hurt. Like I put like a couple of degrees more forward lean and my back pump completely went. Like, and then I was just, it felt like I was going, I felt like I was wonky, but I wasn't, I was even. And that's the whole point when you're repatterning something. And then I was repatterning this thing over the course of whatever. So I'd gone from aching like foot week one to being completely pain-free three, like the third week, going almost as far with like a 50% extra load, if that makes sense. So then I've come to the, the thing in my like doing a strength block on that exercise and I can just, re- just recover, recover, recover like crazily well, like in, in my joints and stuff. Um, so I just think it's the the the, the same kind of principle as, there, as anything else. And that's what I'm hoping I'm going to make work with my squats and I'm going to get over this thing of, um, so anybody feel free to call me out if I'm moaning and bitching about fucking squats and, not being able to recover and shit, because I'm gonna apply what I've just said. That's me done, mate. I'm out of words. Same, mate. I'm fucked. I need to get stony
1: and get prepped tomorrow. I got a little under 90 ass to whoop. I'm not joking. I'm actually though, Josh, 95 kilos in the morning. Oh, in your cheeks? What? Oh, I'm joking. Cheeky fucker. she waits, <laughs> <laughs> wait, you see, I have been doing Arm Day twice a week for about six weeks now, Josh. And let, let me show you what Arm Day twice a week does. <laughs> yeah, mate, it'll be good, be good to see
0: you. So, um, what- yeah, I'm looking for it,
1: mate. I can't wait to just fucking, and I know it's pointless, but I want to just throw a bag over that um, keg toss thing as well. Because when I last went down, I had, it was in a cast. And it fucked me off because I couldn't throw it over. So I need to launch one over there Let me warm up.
0: Right, mate. So four o'clock, yeah?
1: Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there 1,000%. Unless, like, my dog dies, and am uh, there.
0: Cool. I think, um, yeah, that'll be great. All right, mate. I'll see, right, you see you tomorrow, yeah, mate. Bye-bye. <laughs>